Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Next, on the OHIO podcast, we preview the Arkansas State game, and that starts right now. It's so easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who wins. It's time for the best Buckeye podcast. By fans, for the fans. Where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OHIO! Welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Buckeye Boggs, recording live from beautiful Delaware, Ohio, where I'm joined by my co-host from Marion, Ohio, Chris Wilds. Chris, how's the wild man this evening? I know you was uh, up there waving to people on a float, I guess, huh? Oh, yes. Popping up here in Marion. This is the uh, weekend of the uh, annual popcorn festival, and... uh, my wife and daughter were uh, in the parade, and I got to uh, ride along. <laughs> so, were you the? Were you the? Uh, do they have a queen and king of the popcorn festival? They, they do. I was not a member of either of those. Oh. Um, yeah, I'm just. The, the, you know, Eric. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I got a face for radio. <laughs> well, isn't it? Isn't it a little known fact though that you were uh, the homecoming? Uh, king at one time? No, no, I was not the king. I was on the court. Okay, for Ohio State, too. uh, Yes, for Ohio State. Uh, And and my brother actually did win the uh, regional campus king, yeah. Oh, cool. Awesome. All right, guys, we've got a power pack show for all of you. I'm playing sick today, so I apologize for my voice. (coughs) I still don't have much of a voice because I literally screamed my head off Saturday, and then I think I got a sinus infection on top of that. So I am playing a little bit hurt. So Chris, you're gonna have to carry the show for us. 
Aaron was unable to uh, be with us, but he went ahead and pre-recorded his segment. So let's just jump right in to the show, Chris, and get get things popping. I guess. You All righty. <laughs> How about a little bit of Ohio State versus Arkansas State by the numbers? Interestingly enough, here, Chris, these two schools have never played each other. This is a first time that the Red Wolves is who they are now. They used to be, I want to say, the Reds or the Indians, and they changed themselves over to the Red Wolves <coughs> for obvious reasons. But Ohio State and Arkansas State have never played each other until this Saturday. So this will be the first time meeting between the two schools. Ohio State's all-time record is 943 wins, 329 losses, and 53 ties. That's a winning percentage of 732, which is tied for first in all of college football. Arkansas State's all-time record, on the other hand, is 488 wins to 509 losses, 37 ties. That's a winning percentage of 490. Ohio State has won 39 conference championships in their time period. Arkansas State has won 12. Ohio State has had 90 All-Americans, while the Red Wolves, Chris, claim zero. A goose egg when it comes to All-Americans at Arkansas State. We also have had, had seven Heisman Trophy winners, of course, and Arkansas State has had zero. As far as NFL draft picks are concerned here, Ohio State has uh, – excuse me. <clears throat> Ohio State has had – 479 Arkansas State this is actually a pretty decent number here they've had 53 Chris I was a little bit surprised by that that's not bad no it's not no for a small school like that congratulations to them and then here's what's really interesting this is a this is a did you know if there ever was one Arkansas State has never been ranked in the AP top 25 not one time I can guarantee you, Chris, that if the unthinkable happens and they pull off the upset Saturday, they will be ranked in the top 25. I promise you. Well, yeah, absolutely. But I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. So why don't you tell us the statistically why it's not going to happen? How about that? Well, I'll tell you what, Eric. The statistics don't really tell the story here because Arkansas State comes into this weekend with the nation's 12th best offense Averaging 572 yards per game after their first game. They're coming off a 58-3 dismantling of Grambling State. The Red Wolves are led by quarterback James Blackman on offense. Uh, He came out, and so far on the year, he is 15 of 20, 210 yards and two touchdowns. He's a senior, and though his best years came in his freshman and junior years, the six-year senior is extremely efficient, only having a QBR under 130 one time in six seasons. That coming in the COVID season of 2020, where he was a 97.8. He also added two carries last week for 11 yards and two more touchdowns. Arkansas State's leading rusher is Johnny Lang. In his first game as lead back, the senior tailback ran for 13, uh, 13 times for 124 yards, had a touchdown against Grambling. Champ Flemings is the key receiver on this offense, and, and Eric, check this out. Champ Flemings stands a mountainous five foot five inches tall and weighs 142 pounds. How often do our defensive backs going to have a size advantage? That's 
That's uh, that's interesting. He's a, usually you see that at like running back, not wide receiver. Right, but I'll tell you what, he came down with seven catches, 122 yards, and a touchdown last week. Uh, Flemings as well is another first-time starter, and this was the only time he's only made more than 15 catches one time in his four previous seasons. So he's halfway to his average for the year already. So these guys come in with pretty lofty numbers, but Grambling State is not exactly Ohio State. Defensively, Arkansas State is the third-ranked defense in the country after last week, surrendering only 102 yards and three points to Grambling. The team's leading tacklers uh, are linebacker Jaden Harris and defensive end Ke'Ron Crawford. Both come in with five tackles and a sack apiece, uh, good for team leads in both categories. The defense did create three turnovers last week, an interception by safety. Jordan Kermachi, we'll go with that. And one fumble each by defensive ends T.W. Ayers and linebacker Cam Jeffrey. The big question is, can the defense contain a Buckeyes offense that we are still waiting to see erupt in Eric Given the Arkansas State defenses we've seen in the past, this might just be the week that happens. So let's talk about that Buckeye offense a little bit. Ohio State's offense was top in the nation last year, comes in currently at 73rd in the country with 395 yards after week one. It's led by Heisman hopeful C.J. Stroud. C.J. had What was a rather pedestrian game by his standards against the Fighting Irish, but I'll tell you what, there's a whole lot of quarterbacks who'd be pretty envious of it. Last week in a down game for C.J., he completed 23 of 34 passes. That's a 70.6% completion rating. He had 223 passing yards, two touchdowns, and a QBR of 145.1. Running the ball, of course, we had the two-headed monster that is Travion Henderson with 15 carries for 91 yards. And Mayan, I'll tell you what, Eric, no longer is he meatball or is he even bowling ball. After last week, Mayan is the wrecking ball. He carried the ball 14 times for 84 very tough yards and a touchdown. Of course, we returned last year's top receiver in Jackson Smith and Jigba, who led the team last season with 95 catches for 16-06 and nine touchdowns. Of course, he left early in that game last week. It was really a non-factor. Leading the way were the sophomores, Emeka Egbuka, who had nine catches for 90 yards and a touchdown, as well as Marvin Harrison Jr., who had five catches, 56 yards. Former walk-on senior Xavier Henderson, he had himself a moment in the sun last week as well, two catches, 34 yards, a huge touchdown versus the Irish. Big question for the Buckeyes this week, is this the week the offense explodes? Defensively, the Buckeyes came in ranked 29th in the country. Now, Eric, we've talked all offseason about if this team can get into the top 30 defensively. Well, we're starting off at 29th in the country, and of the 30 teams in that top 30 defenses, we were the only one to play a ranked opponent. That being, of course, number five at the time, Notre Dame. They only gave up 253 yards and one touchdown to the Fighting Irish while holding them below 24% on third down conversions. A big reason for that was the play of the leading tackler, Tommy Eichenberg, who had nine tackles, two sacks. Uh, You know, he had two of the team's three sacks overall. 
Fellow linebacker Steel Chambers was solid, five tackles, a pass defense. Michael Hall Jr., what more could we say about him than we said on Sunday? The guy was a beast. He totally owned the line of scrimmage. He added four tackles and a sack of his own. You know, the the Irish did get a few big passes in, but overall the duo of Denzel Burke, Kim Brown, were very solid last week, kept the Irish in check. The difference is you know, the difference in this Ohio State defense versus last year is night and day. And the question is, can the Ohio State defense contain this explosive Arkansas offense, Eric? I'm not too worried. Ohio State, I think, has just a little edge on Grambling State. So, Aaron, what are your thoughts on how things are going to look on the field? So, on Arkansas State's offensive film, what I saw was a lot of inside zone, outside zone, uh, split zone, which is actually more of a blocking scheme. And basically what that is, is the left or right wing just depends on the play call. It could They could even be in a double wing, doesn't much matter. But what happens is the left wing will come from the left side, obviously, to the right side and pick up the D end as like a form of lead blocking and the running back will find a lane to run through. Um, so that's going to be an interesting little twist right there, but... Uh, I'll break down the defense here in just a moment. I want to get through the rest of Arkansas State's offense. Uh, They run a lot of RPO out of uh, split zone as well. Uh, They don't have to run the ball in that. That's, like I said, more of a blocking scheme. They run a lot of 11 personnel, which is just a a great way to uh, keep the the offense balanced more than anything. Uh, I saw them run a lot of 12 personnel, so double wing, single wing, And a lot of times they would do read option out of that. Uh, They also did 10 personnel, and they like to run a lot of RPOs out of that. Uh, And I also noticed that they'll run trips out of uh, the 11 personnel, so they'll have three wide receivers clear to the right or the left. Depends on where the ball's spotted. Um, They also like to run a bunch wide, which is three wide receivers. They'll run a screen out of that. They're very fond of out routes, shallow crossing routes. Uh, they'll run the running back uh, on 10 or 11 personnel. Uh, what they like to do, he's kind of like a little uh, check down route. They'll have him run to the middle and then to the left or right, depending on where the open space is. Uh, and he's very fast. And some people might be familiar with the name, Brian Sneed. Um, and then they've got another guy, uh, and I can't recall his name. I believe it's Fleming. I have to double check on that one, but... He's very fast. Um, I don't think that he's going to necessarily outrun too many of our guys, but for the Sun Belt Conference, which is where these guys are coming from, he's pretty quick. Uh, they also, another interesting formation, which I haven't seen too much of, is 20 personnel. So two running backs, no tight ends. Very interesting. And uh, I noticed that they like to throw the ball deep. Now, keep in mind, their opponent was grambling. Okay, so... Yeah, you know how that goes. Uh, FCS school, and I'm not saying Arkansas State's much to brag home about, but uh, it was a mismatch to say the least. Um, what I feel like Ohio State should do on defense, um, I feel like cover one, so man will work just fine. Uh, cover two or cover three, 
Um, I, I feel like any of those would work just fine on the routes that I noticed because a lot of times the linebackers will be right in line with those shallow crossing routes to disrupt them, and then you'll have the corners and safeties in line in a lane, um, and it'll be it, it would shut down just about anything they do. And to be perfectly honest, they just don't have the horses. Uh, they just don't. That's that's just how it is. Um, the tackles looked real weak, in my opinion. Uh, we could easily get pressure from the D-line anywhere. We don't necessarily need to stunt or do any kind of twists or anything crazy. Uh, linebackers or the jack position, again, shouldn't be an issue. Pressure from just about anywhere. Uh, this is more of a warm-up. This, this, this is just a tune-up game. That's really what this is, and I think that you guys will see that on the field. Um, and that goes right into what I want to talk about with Ohio State's offense against Arkansas State's defense. So discussing Arkansas State's defense, they run a 4-3. Uh, they do like to blitz from different areas. So they'll pull like, uh, you remember when Notre Dame, uh, at I think it was to Xavier Johnson, they finally brought their safeties forward on a blitz and we burnt them with Xavier Johnson. Well, that's kind of what Arkansas State will do at this as it as well. They'll bring the safeties forward, blitz them, and we all know what Ohio State likes to do when safeties come forward. That's bad news bears for the uh, for the opponents. Uh, they'll send six guys on 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 blitzes. Uh, the rest drop into coverage again. Not a smart move because obviously four are going to be their uh, D linemen as they run a four three. Uh, and then they'll either bring a corner, a safety, a linebacker, uh, or any combination of those things. So it's uh, I, I, I feel like if, if their coaching staff has any sort of brains about them, they will not do that. But it is football, and they have to give it a shot. So <laughs> it is what it is. On third and long, they will go to a 3-4. Uh, with a zone blitz, and they will drop guys in to cover three or cover four. They just try to keep everything in front of them. I don't really look for Ohio State to have too many third and long situations unless they uh, bring it upon themselves. Uh, I notice that they do like to run a lot of cover three because uh, they do have a single high safety often, uh, and then that other safety will go down and cover. I expect to see that quite a bit. Uh, on account, Ohio State likes to run a lot of 11 personnel themselves. Uh, their defensive line will twist and stunt often. Uh, and again, I, I just, with the new offensive line uh, and the coaching that they've received and what I saw against Notre Dame, I really don't anticipate this being much of a, of a, of a matchup here. Uh, again, they just don't have the horses. Um, and I can't really emphasize that enough. On offense, there's really not much to say. <laughs> as much as I'd love to be like, yeah, so I broke down the film and Ohio State should do this, this, and that. Well, it's it's just, this is kind of like an NFL team playing a high school team. And <laughs> if you like offense, I think we're going to see quite a bit of it. Uh, honestly, this is a really good opportunity for Coach Day to open up the playbook and try some different things and see if he can get some different looks against opponents that are much weaker. I honestly think that our second-string defense would put up more resistance at practice than what Arkansas State's whole team is going to do on Saturday. So with that said, I apologize that it wasn't more in-depth. Uh, there just really wasn't much to break down this week. Uh, this is just one of those things where not a lot of strategy is involved, uh, at least from our standpoint as fans, but uh, looking into it, it's just a clear, 
clear mismatch on paper and on the field, and I'm quite sure that you are going to see the second string and some walk-ons. No disrespect to Xavier Johnson, but uh, (laughs) we're going to see a lot of guys you don't normally see. I think we're going to see them playing quite a bit and probably quite early. So uh, hopefully Coach Day opens up the playbook. We get to see some cool stuff and different things that we haven't seen but in the past, and uh, the defense is going to shine, I'm quite sure. I I feel like uh, Arkansas State's probably going to get shut out. So hopefully you enjoyed this. Go Bucks. The OHIO Podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. And welcome back to the OHIO Podcast. We appreciate Aaron taking the time to pre-record. He couldn't be with us tonight, but he went ahead and pre-recorded his segment on the schematics of Arkansas State versus Ohio State. We appreciate that very much. Chris, let's talk about this, man. What are we going to be watching for come Saturday? It could be a position battle, a headline that caught your eye, etc. Let's get into Let's dive into this a little bit. What are you going to be watching Saturday afternoon at noon when Ohio State kicks off against the Red Wolves of Arkansas State on the Big Ten Network? Well, I think our defense is headed in the right direction. And for the first time in probably a couple of years, I'm not going to reference the defense when we talk about this. For me, it's just, can Ohio State clean up the sloppy penalties? Because we had some sloppy penalties, especially early on last week. And can we continue to gain continuity in the offense? Uh, that's going to be a key, especially if we are without Jackson, Smith, and Jigba uh, anymore this season. Well, we're going to – he's coming back. Yeah, he is. Uh, is he going to be back this Saturday? No, no, I don't know that he's going to be back this Saturday. I think he's going to be back for the Wisconsin game. I think they're going to give him the next two weeks off. And they should. I mean, yeah, I mean, given given our opponent the next two weeks. And I think it's I think that's good. And, and I'll reference that in just a minute. But what I'm going to be watching is Lathan Ransom. Who gets the start there at free safety? He looked you, awful good last week. Yeah. If you go back and you watch that first play on defense, you know who missed that tackle? It was Josh Proctor. Josh Proctor. He got pulled out of the game immediately, replaced by uh, Lathan Ransom. And Lathan Ransom never left the field again, Chris. So did did we just see Lathan Ransom become the new starting free safety, or are they going to give Josh Proctor the start again uh, this Saturday? I, that's what I'm going to be looking for is our defensive backfield because, uh, you know, obviously you don't want a bad – a uh, bad thing to happen in locker room. You don't want a uh, bad mojo happen in a locker room, but at the same time, you got to play who's best. And Lathan Ransom looked fantastic, like you said. Well, and you know, Jim Knowles has said we're going to ride the hot hand. Yeah. And right now, Ransom's got the hot hand. Right. That's a good point. Absolutely, he he has said that. Is there anything else you're going to be watching, or are you ready to move on? Uh, that that's about it. You know what? I, I take that back. I do want to see how our defensive line steps up. You know, Michael Hall looked great last week, but I would say that this is an opportunity for some of the other guys to really step up and make an impact this week, a huge impact. We should be able to get to that quarterback this week more than three times. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what do you think of uh, the new nickname there for Michael Hall, Baby 
Aaron Donald. I'll tell you what. I, the way he dominated that line of scrimmage on Saturday, I see it. And I, yeah. that was not against a, a, a bad team. That was a very good Notre Dame offensive line. Yeah, it's gets one of the better centers in all of college football, and he made him look foolish. He did. I'm telling you, we have found a diamond in the rough, a guy who's, you, you know, his performance, if he continues to do that all season, that may be the best defensive tackle play we will have seen in quite some time. It is, and but. That's not to take away from the guys we've had in recent years. Right, Haskell Garrett, Tommy Toby, Tommy Togi, yeah. We've had some good ones. He just he has a nastiness that I think missed that we've missed in that position for a while. Right. Maybe what Cam Hayward was the last guy that really had that nastiness. Yeah, there was some, there was some good ones, you know, obviously I'd have to go back and, and look at it to to think, but yeah, I mean he's definitely got me the most excited I've been in a long time for that position. Um how about this though? I mean, I love, I like, I like the nickname Baby Aaron Donald, but I love Aaron's Mike and Ike when it comes to Michael Hall and Tommy Eichenberg. Mike and oh Ike. yeah, that was I great. think that's fantastic. Uh, love that name. And how about Tommy Eichenberg getting named the Bronco Nagurski Defensive Player of the Week by the College Football Writers Association? Can he, you know, can he? Come right back and have another good game back to back. I I I think he can, and I'll say this: I think up the middle is our strength defensively, and I think that's where you want to be uh, defensively to win a national championship. Is strong up the middle. It's kind of like in baseball: you want a good catcher and you want a good uh, tandem at shortstop and second base and a good center fielder. If you're yeah. strong defensively up the middle, it's going to cover up a lot of mistakes. Yeah, and like you said that. That may be the strength of our defense right now. And I'll tell you what, the entire defense overall just looks so good. I mean, again, like I said, we are a top 30 defense right now, and we weren't expecting that until a few weeks into the season. And we did it against a top five team. Right. Whereas no one else in that top 30 played a ranked opponent their first week. Correct. Correct. All right. They say the biggest improvement happens between week one and week two. What improvements and changes do you expect to see from Ohio State heading into game number two? Well, like you you'd said, I think JSN is down at least one or two more weeks. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of improvement with the continuity, the the timing between CJ and these other younger receivers. Um we started to see it a little bit towards the end of the Notre Dame game, but there were passes like I'm sure you remember the one where uh, is crossing going going across the middle, and it looked like he'd thrown the ball behind him, and it kind of looked like maybe he was expecting him to just kind of lay down in that soft spot in the zone. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, that's that's part of that chemistry that he and JSN have that uh, him and Agbuka need to work on. You're right. Yeah, and I think that's something we're going to see really improve this week. As obviously, if JSN's out a few weeks, you're going to see, and, and again, not knowing the the, uh, the status right now of Fleming either, I think Ibuka, and even if Fleming was healthy, I think Ibuka's probably that guy opposite Marvin Harrison right now. Yeah, I, so, I, I think so. 
I'll tell you, I think that we're going to see massive improvement in that chemistry. And I think we're going to see these guys go out there. I would not be surprised if we don't have 200 yard, two 100 yard rushers and, and see, you know, CJ go off for 350 or more yards through the air with these guys. Yeah, that's exactly what I had written down too, Chris, that the timing and chemistry between CJ Stroud and the receivers not named Jackson Smith and the Jigba need to improve. And I think they will. That just takes time and 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 reps, <coughs> game reps, you know. Right. So that's going to – it's going to happen. It's going to come. It's just it's, – And it's, it's good that we do have Arkansas State this week and Toledo next week. Although Toledo is no slouch. I don't think Arkansas State's a slouch either. They got Arkansas some good State, players. I mean, you know, Brian, players. you remember Brian Sneed? Yes. He's on their team. Brian Sneed is a former running back at Ohio State who's currently on the Arkansas State roster. Um, also, another another little nugget is uh, Chick Harley's great-nephew, I think it is, great-great-nephew, is yeah. on their coaching staff. Oh, so nice. it, and he was a he was a walk on at Ohio State. So there are some Ohio State ties here, and and so this is going to be an interesting um, dynamic, I think, in the shoe. This is of course the first noon game coming off that huge electric home field advantage that we had against Notre Dame, where the crowd was awesome. Bad props to all of us who were there. Can we bring it again on Saturday at noon? That's the question. It's not a night game. You don't have all day to get frothy. You got to bring it right at noon. Uh, you don't want a team like that to jump out on you and and early on and and you know by the end of the first quarter you're sitting there with either a tied score or maybe even trailing a team that you had no business uh, trailing like that. You want to start start fast and good. We'll see if they can do that. So that's kind of what we're looking at. Well, you better Look, because if you drop a spot by beating a top five team, who knows what they'd do if you yeah. had a close game with somebody who's not ranked. Well, what other SEC team are they going to put in there next? Tennessee. I mean, that's you know, it is Florida. what it is. L- LSU, because you know, hey, they only lost by an extra point, so we need to put them in top twenty-five. Right. <laughs> what a joke, by the way. It was a great game, but gosh, it was, it was. I was loving watching the Notre Dame fans rejoice Sunday night, and 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 the fact that Kelly uh, blew it <laughs> in his debut at LSU. Yeah. I thought that was great. All right, let's get into our predictions, uh, shall we, Chris? So let's start right off the back here with Ohio State versus Arkansas. And uh, let's go with Aaron's prediction that he submitted to me earlier today. And he's got an unbelievable score here. You ready for this, Chris? He's in the 70s, isn't he? Close. 56 to 0. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. 56 to 0. I'm not that optimistic. I'm at 41 to 17. I think Ryan Day works on some things. I think he gets the second string in in the second half, and that includes the defense. And I think the defense, second string defense, is obviously not the first string defense. They maybe they give up about 10 points in the third and fourth quarter. And uh, but I, I see a 41-17 game. That's what I got in the score. What do you got, Chris? I'm actually between you guys. I had 49 to 10. I think the defense or the defense continues to stay good. Again, I think they give up seven late. I think this this uh, starting defense holds the the starters at Arkansas State to three points. I like uh, it. But I I truly believe that this offense 
even without Jackson Smith and Jigba, is going to get right this week. Uh, like I said, I think they're going to explode. Beautiful. How about we jump over to the Big Ten Power Rankings, Chris? Let's do that next. This was an interesting week for Power Rankings, my man. A lot of movement, which we knew there would be after week one. Ohio State stays one. Michigan stays two. Minnesota stays three. Jumping up is Penn State, and they move all the way up from seventh to fourth in the power rankings. Overrated. (laughs) Another jump from sixth to fifth is Sparty. From eighth to sixth, jumping up is Wisconsin. From ninth to seventh, now in the top half, Minnesota. So going over that top half again, let's break this down. Ohio State 1, Michigan 2, Minnesota 3, Penn State 4, Sparty 5, Wisconsin 6, Minnesota 7. I'll say this. I don't know if the order's right, but I do believe, Chris, these are the top seven teams in the Big Ten. Do you agree or disagree? I I agree. Uh, I like Penn State more in that six to seven spot than I do at four. Um, I think that – Sparty and Wisconsin both right now are a little bit better than Penn State. I think Minnesota, I think uh, um, Maryland, excuse me, Maryland is much better than Penn yeah. State, in my opinion. Yeah. They That's a good football team, guys. So the bottom half now, dropping all the way from fifth to eighth is uh, Purdue. Rutgers, huge climb on the board from 13th all the way to ninth. <laughs> Excuse me, with their win over Boston College, Rutgers now at ninth. Northwestern goes from 11th to 10th. Iowa, big fall from 4th all the way to 11th in the power rankings. Nebraska stays put at 12th. Indiana rises from the basement at 14th to 13th. And Illinois, after losing to the Hoosiers, they deserve the basement, falling from... 10th to 14th. The bottom half again, Purdue 8, Rutgers 9, Northwestern 10, Iowa 11th, Nebraska 12th, the Hoosiers 13th, Illinois 14th. Chris, your thoughts? Uh, you know what? I don't have a huge problem with it. Um, we may have overreacted a little bit on the Iowa drop, although they can't play a, a, a lick of offense. Um. 12 through 14, I think, are going to be interchangeable. We're going to see them flop numerous times through the course of the season. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think it's 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 pretty good. Iowa has a top seven defense, maybe even top five defense, but yeah. they are the worst offense in the Big Ten. Without by a far. They're bad. In fact, if it wasn't for that defense, they might not win that game. So... We'll see how they react this week because they've got rival Iowa State, and if they don't bring they don't bring a better showing offensively, the Cyclones will beat them. So we'll see what Iowa can do there. <laughs> All right, Chris, and I again I apologize for my voice, folks. Playing hurt, like I said, but doing the best I can. So here we go. All right, week two big game predictions. We've got four of them again, Chris. Let's start with. The Alabama Crimson Tide on the road heading to Quinn Ewers and the Texas Longhorns. Do you think Quinn can get a new automobile since his was towed last week? I think he's probably got three already. (laughs) Probably. 
Uh, Aaron picks Alabama easily in that win uh, for the victory there. I'm going with Alabama as well. Chris, the spread on this game is 20 points in favor of Alabama. I don't. I really don't think that's enough. But I mean, they got Bijan Robinson. Uh, Quinn Ewers is young. He 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 made some mistakes in that first game. Uh, he looked like a freshman. So I, I got Alabama big. I got Alabama, but when you get into the spreads that big, if we were playing it versus the spread, I don't know. I, I think I'd probably still take Bama, but I'd be more hesitant. Bama's going to show up on the big stage, national televised game. You know how you know how Satan's going to have him up for that game. In the game I'm most looking forward to, not in the Big Ten, number 24, Tennessee. There's some SEC bias if you ask me. They travel to number 17, Pitt. The spread on this game, Chris, is six and a half points in favor of Tennessee, even though they're the dog and they're seven points or ranked seven spots behind Pitt. Tennessee's getting six and a half points, man. Yeah, yeah. This one I think is going to be a good game. Um, I watched a little bit of Tennessee last week, and, and they're not bad. They're not top tier of the SEC, but they're not bad. Uh, you know, I want to go with Pitt in this game. I really do. But I, I think I'm going to take Tennessee with the upset. Well, it's, right. it's a favor, but yeah, it's they're a, favored. But they're, I, they're the road I, team, though. So, yeah, two they're, road they're wins road, here. I'm going to take Tennessee, though. You're not alone. I'm with you, man. I'm going Tennessee. Aaron is the lone the lone shark here to take the Panthers of Pitt. I just think Tennessee coming in, SEC, uh, I, I I think Pitt's an okay team. I don't think that they're top-level caliber. I don't think Tennessee is either. I think this is going to be a great game. Eric, we've had this discussion before. Pitt would win the Big Ten every year. Yeah. yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> Get off that crack. <laughs> the coach All right. Oh, man. Let's go to the SEC. Well, we've got two SEC teams there, but let's go to the SEC between um, number 20-ranked Kentucky going on the road, road to take on number 12-ranked Florida. Florida looked great last week. Florida's getting five and a half points here at home, um, which is interesting. I think that means the experts think it's a pick because if it's a home home team, usually they give you six to seven points at home. And with Florida only getting five and a half, I think the, that uh, Vegas is saying this could be a pick I went with Florida. Aaron went with Florida. Are you going to make it a clean sweep, or are you going to take the Wildcats? Now, you know, Kentucky's had a few good games here in the last couple of years against Florida. They've, uh, they've won, what, three straight, four straight? I'm not sure, actually. I'll yeah, have to look that had, up real fast. they've had Florida's number the last few years. Uh, but you know what? In the swamp, this is a different Florida team, I think, this year than we've seen the last couple of years. I, I'm going to go with you guys and take the Gators. Yeah, I, I just I love I like their quarterback from what I saw. Um, I think I think he gives them a different dimension yes. than what they've had before. Um, and there's there's a lot of buzz a, around them right now. Um, Florida lit, Florida leads the all time series fifty three to nineteen. Kentucky has won. Kentucky won last year, but they've only won two of the last four years. Oh, they only two of the last four. I thought they'd won the last few. Okay. Yeah, they won in 2018, and they won in 2021. Shows how much I actually watch SEC football. 
Well, you're not missing much. It's boring usually. All right. And that brings us to our last one here, Chris. And one I know absolutely nothing about. <laughs> Baylor from the Big 12 is taking on future Big 12 member BYU. I believe BYU is independent currently. They are. Baylor is ranked ninth, and BYU is ranked 21st. BYU is at home there in Polo, or I think it's Polo, or however you pronounce that, uh, Utah. Provo? Povo, Provo, thank you. Provo, Utah. Yes, Polo. Marco. <laughs> Anywho, um, BYU's get three and a half at home over Baylor. I think that's a reach, man. I'm going Baylor. Well, I'll tell you what, Eric, Eric, two things. First of all, I'm glad Aaron is not here with us for this portion of the show because (laughs) last time you guys got on a BYU kick, I thought they were going to shut us down. It came close. It came close. (laughs) You know what? I am going to take BYU at home. Oh, you're taking the Mormons, are you? I'm going to take them at home. All right. Them and all their wives. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, sorry, that was terrible. Hey, you got to be tough to live with that many women, right? Oh, yes, that's right, buddy. <laughs> All right, let's recap again. Uh, Aaron's taking Alabama over Texas. He's taking Pitt over Tennessee. He's taking Florida over Kentucky and Baylor over BYU. Chris, you're too different than Aaron. You're taking Alabama over Texas. Then you're taking Tennessee over Pitt. You're taking Florida over Kentucky, and you're taking BYU over Baylor. I've got you guys split. I'm taking Alabama over Texas. I'm taking Tennessee over Pitt. All three of us also are taking Florida, but I'm taking Baylor over BYU. So someone's going to be happy, and someone's not going to be happy this weekend. By the way, Chris, you and I went 2-2 two and two last week. Aaron's got a game on us already. He went 3-1 and one last week. So there you have it, guys. That's our show for this week. Enjoy the game against Arkansas State this Saturday. Um, you know, less stressful, I would say, for most of Buckeye Nation this, this Saturday, Chris, compared to what it was waiting around all day Saturday to to take on um, uh, to take on a Notre Dame there, the Golden Domers in the evening. We get to get this done and over with early, and then sit back and enjoy the rest of college football on Saturday. And I, I like that. I'm looking forward to that, Chris. Any last thoughts before we head out of here? No, no, I'm just pumped up, excited. Uh, you know, can't wait for another great weekend of Buckeye football. Uh, you know, we've got a couple of great ones coming up. We got, you know, we got the Arkansas State game, which, uh, you know, I think is going to be a trouncing. We got Toledo coming up. And then, of course, uh, week after that, if I'm not mistaken, we get to uh, have some visitors from Wisconsin in. Yes, we do. Absolutely. Looking forward to that, my man. As always, be kind to one another. I owe someone's OH and sing Carmen Ohio with all your heart. And until next time, hopefully with a better voice, OH! IO! Go Bucks! Oh, come, let's sing, oh, Ohio's praise and songs through armor while our hearts rebounding thrill and joy which death alone can still summer's heat or winter's cold 
The seasons pass, the years will roll. Time and change will surely show how firm thy friendship. Oh, hi, oh.